Welcome to another edition of Practical Reliability, insights on the practical implementation of holistic reliability, brought to you by Reliability X, the DNA of success. Continuing with our series on what is planning, today we're going to talk about parts acquisition. Sweet. Yeah. I like parts. Me too. Especially the spares. Spare? I Oh, what's spare parts? Spare parts are the ones that are left over after you've rebuilt your machine. Oh, the stuff left in the box. Yeah. yeah. Or on the floor. Yeah. 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 And then you put it in your toolbox because you know you're going to need it the next time, but you're the only maintenance guy that has them. Yeah. Yeah, that's spare parts. Spare parts. Yeah. Now I get it. Now yeah. I get it. So when I was a kid, I used to strip apart, like, you know, you take the VCR part and you try to put it back <laughs> together. And then you had some spare parts. And yes. Those are the things that go back in the storeroom. Exactly. Nice. They don't go in the storeroom. They go in your toolbox because you're going to need them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're yeah. the parts hoarding guy that is the only one with parts whenever they're needed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it helps you be a superhero. <laughs> Sight saver. Nice. <laughs> Sight saver. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. So um, when it comes to spare parts acquisition, what's the planner's role? The planner's role is to make sure, well, one, it kind of depends on how you set up your system and how your org structure is set up. Um, Does maintenance own MRO? Um, There's some of those things, but uh, normally your planner is going to work with the storeroom. normally by putting parts on the work order for your planned work um, and then you've got to figure out a way of communicating um, how you're going to know when those parts are kitted and ready um, and under having all the information all the part number all this stuff for for them to order the parts uh, but when they're ready if there's a way to flip it in your cmms or whatever so that uh, that communication piece is there between MRO and planning, knowing that all your parts are here for the job that you plan for. Yeah. So we, uh, in in the past, we would have uh, just kind of a, a unwritten rule that if there are pre-planned parts on the work order, then the assumption is there's a box with a work order number sitting in the staging area uh, for you to pick that up. So, well, so the importance of that is really in reduction of travel time back and forth to jobs, right? I mean, a typical job today, a technician gets a work order handed to them. They review it, read it, go look at the job, figure out what they need, go to the storeroom, grab some parts, uh, go back to the job, start stripping something apart. And and find uh, out they need more parts that we don't carry. And then there's a six-week lead time and you're Right, you're stopping a job, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all those so stressful frustrations. Yeah, there's a few things. You've got the inefficiency of your maintenance guy, the inefficiency of his time, and you have uh, that situation where you dig in and you don't have parts. Um, a lot of times, maintenance guys won't even go to MSR. They'll start tearing in and then realize, oh, uh, I need a bearing because the work order just says check the noise on the conveyor. Right, and so they start digging in on the the war, on the uh, conveyor, trying to figure out where that noise is coming from, and oh, now I need a bearing. So they stop the job, then they go to get the parts, and the storeroom won't have the parts. So then they've got to come back, 
try to put it all together, that female bearing um, that doesn't have any uh, bearings left in it and try to make it work until you can get a bearing on site. Yeah, and that frustrates the technician too, right? I think if the technician has the box, he's got all the parts, he wants to just go get the work done. So it's a, it's also a frustration level for them as well. They're not really looking to go back to the storeroom and, and not find what they need to get the job done. Well, that's why morale and maintenance shops are always so low. Yeah, 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 yeah. You make their life easy. Uh, they love coming to work. And that's the whole job of a planner, right? Make the, yeah. make the technician's job easy. So for sure. So the importance really is in making sure the work can get done. The mm-hmm. right work is getting done. It's getting done right. Efficiently. Um, and efficiently. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. For awesome. Sure. Very cool. And when it comes to inventory, um, to talk about that discussion, um, there's a couple things. One is as you begin to plan work and you order parts, uh, you're no longer needing to pull parts off of the shelf in the storeroom. Um, depending on if it's consumables or not, but normally your higher stock items. Um, right now, currently, most people have 12 gearboxes on the shelf, so you'll want to reduce your min-max, but you'll get to a level where you know what you need to stock, and you always order parts ahead of time so that when they come in, uh, you plan your job accordingly, whereas um, without planning, you just continue to order parts and stock stuff in the storeroom, and we need 12 of these, and and that type of stuff so you can eliminate the necessity for carrying so much inventory um, by truly planning your jobs and and the parts acquisition piece ties to that in reducing your on-hand stock because it's no longer needed as you begin to plan work you're not going to need those spares because yeah that ties that ties a lot a lot of that ties in very well with uh, pms so if you know how much demand you have for spare parts associated with the PMs, you don't really need to stock those items except for failures or breakdowns. Right. Uh, but the volume you're currently stocking to get all your PMs done every year, they can go right on the PM. And then when the PM shoots out, parts get ordered yeah. and and, uh, and material comes in just in time, which is exactly what you're looking for. Right. And which the benefits of doing that is that you free up cash flow. Uh, within your storeroom. So when you hold spare parts, that's monies tied up by the business. There's value to uh, those parts, whether they're considered assets or not, whether they're expensed or not, there's still money value there. And that money's being tied up in inventory. When you relieve your inventory of the need to carry that much, that money goes back into the company and they can reinvest it maybe in acquiring a new machine or expansion or or whatever it is so um it's very important to reduce your on-hand inventory as well so there's added benefit there oh my goodness yeah when we get into the mro topics and talking about inventory there's a whole world of of non-moving inventory and what percentages sit there right and then there's there's also questions around so when we're when we start to plan work and we start to manage the storeroom well uh, there's a tendency to you know lock the storeroom uh, which is a great thing to do, but a lot of times companies will lock the storeroom before they gather everything off of people's carts. And so I have widget ABC that sits in the storeroom, and I have 10 of them, 
And since I'm going to now manage my storeroom and I don't see any turns for two years, I decide I don't need this inventory item and I get rid of it. Right. Meanwhile, it was been sitting in carts and on in, in the, in the your, maintenance shop. Yeah, the six so they're using it. Stores that right. Have, so yeah. they're they're using it from there. The storeroom sees no inventory turns and they get rid of it. Yeah. And then the second they're out of it in all the hidden stores, they go for it and they the storeroom the storeroom screwed me. They don't stock it anymore. Right. right so. Right. That you know, the, the folks listening should really be careful when they're moving to that just-in-time inventory model to make sure that they gather up all those hidden stores. And you also can't lock down the storeroom if you don't man it twenty-four-seven. <laughs> um, I've had organizations that we didn't man the storeroom and they locked it. So whenever the person leaves at five o'clock, no one has access to inventory. Wow! Didn't last long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was an oversight by a previous manager. So, yeah. Um, but again, that's... I've seen models where the storeroom's manned during the day, and then at night you need a security guard to take you in. But then even even then, the security guard's not really a storeroom manager, so they're just going on blind faith that you're writing down the exact stuff you, you've taken. Additionally, you'll if you're trying to rig something up, you may be grabbing some parts, and then as you go around the room, you have a different idea. And the first thing they do is just dump those parts in whatever yeah. bins right in front of them, right? Yep. So it, it kind of creates a mismanagement of the inventory and you lose track of, not that there's necessarily shrinkage, but, you know, your accounts will be wrong because things are in the wrong spot. Right. Which that leads to kitting and staging because um, that's a good point. A lot of the parts um, that are on a work order that aren't truly needed, uh, maybe they were given too many or maybe... Um, this part was still good. It wasn't a complete rebuild. Uh, maybe it was just an overhaul and, and whatever parts they have left. They need to be returned to the storeroom, and there's got to be a good way of doing that. Why wouldn't we just put it in our hidden stores, keep it in our cabinet, put it in the shop? What What's the value in returning it? Well, I would just keep it myself because that's just the way it works. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but the value in returning it is one, once it's uh, checked out of the storeroom, uh, it lowers your level of inventory and there could be a need for it um, sometime down the line uh, and it ends up screwing you. Um, that's probably the most important piece of that. And if you are ordering parts um, not from stock, then the question is, is, is there a part number in your uh, CMMS system? You know, those types of things where you should be possibly stocking them, but it just kind of depends. I think it brings out a lot of bad behaviors, right? Yeah. So, so A, you keep it on the side, and then we don't see a turn if it was an inventory item, and then you get into the same thing of, well, I didn't see a turn, so I'm going to shrink my min-maxes or, yeah. or whatnot, or not even stock it. And then the other bad behavior is, if you have it on you and something breaks and you know, oh, this is what I need, you might not put a work order in. You might right. just go do the job and not have a work order, not document what happened, yeah. not document that the part was used, right? So now you lose the failure history, you lose all kinds of things. Yeah. So and I think it's, a, it, you know, for maintenance managers, one of the things they should really be driving is making sure they return those parts. Yeah, for sure. So from a, from a kid, what's the, so from a kidding and staging standpoint, uh, my perspective is is kind of this. So the uh, a kit is typically defined as a list of inventory items that sit inside your CMMS that are given a single inventory item. So if you're going to do a pump rebuild, the volute gasket, the seal, you know, whatever it is you need, 
They're all individual parts inside the storeroom. And as a planner, you can create a kit that says, all of these inventory items, I'm now going to call one inventory item. And it tells the storeroom, when I order ABC, I need the volute gasket, I need the seal, I need all the things for the pump rebuild. And so that's a kit. And staging is, so we we publish the weekly schedule. Uh, Storeroom gets a list of all the work orders that are being done next week. And then they look at all the reserved materials against those and make sure that all those boxes are work order numbers, all the parts are in it, and all the materials are staged in a staging area where the technicians can then come pick it up based on the work order number. Yeah, so I would call um, a job kit, as you're describing it, a parts kit. Uh, the job kit isn't complete until there's the proper tools. The you know, So your parts kits get handed back to the planner. The planner puts uh, work instructions, um, any of their checklists, any of the permits, any of the tools that are needed into that kit, then, and I would call that a, a job kit at that point. And then, of course, the staging. Yeah. And making sure that the staging is there. And then when you're staging materials, you want to make sure that the folks aren't robbing from Peter to pay right. Paul, right? You that's should lock t- that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. a that's an important topic as well. Right. And I think, so you bring up a good, a good point in, in the language that's used, whether it's at a single site or multiple sites, or as you move from company to company, some of the language and terminology may be slightly different that means certain things. So, you know, finding a framework of information and a way to define things uniformly in your company is a big deal because, you know, you're trying to communicate to somebody you just hired. They may have a different idea of what it is you're, you're talking about. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. So one one other topic for a, from a uh, from a metrics perspective, in my opinion, the percentage of planned materials versus actually used is a more accurate measure of a planner's effectiveness than how accurate the hourly estimate was, because the trips to the storeroom are really the inefficiency of a maintenance technician having to go back several times to get the right parts uh, are really where the lost time is from a day-to-day standpoint. So, um, you know, I would measure and recommend measuring a planner based on the percentage of spare parts planned versus actually used. And that, of course, doesn't include free issue stuff. Yeah. I would also include the time estimates, uh, given the fact that your your planner is your buddy and he's building in extra time for you to mess around. So I think it's an important metric, but I don't think it's as important as, like you said, the accuracy when it comes to getting the parts. But if we're over scheduling, that's more time we have to do other work. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think they're both important, like you said. Sweet. All right. So, um, any tips or tricks on how to make sure you get the right parts? Yeah. Get accurate information. <laughs> use drawings. <laughs> keep yeah. your drawings. Keep, uh, you know, use the internet. You can look up. Uh, you know, if you have an older piece of equipment, can't find the drawings, you can always look on the internet for manuals and parts breakdowns and blowups and things of that nature if you don't have your BOMs. Yeah. If you need BOMs built, um, that's something that as a planner, that's that's your job. You know, if you want your job to be easier tomorrow, then you should be documenting the spare parts that belong to the equipment. Yeah. All right, excellent. Nice job. For questions on this or any other topics, email us at ask at ReliabilityX.com. This has been another episode of Practical Reliability brought to you by ReliabilityX.
the DNA of success.